Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesser of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about NXT TakeOver in your house. John, how you doing? I'm doing very good. It was a very good show, very good night. Uh, all kinds of action. How are you doing? I'm good as well. I mean, the night, nights like tonight, I mean, maybe it's uh, over-exaggeration, but, you know, shows like this one make you say, like, man, this is why I love wrestling. You got a, a dynamic main <laughs> event. I mean, and John, I, I we're not supposed to be biased, but, you know, when you have two big matches... Go the I'm way openly biased. Like, Don't feel bad. Yeah, like for me, like <laughs> the two people I really wanted to win tonight, they won. So it's hard not to feel good, you know. So, uh, but even then, like even if the, the matches didn't go the way I wanted them to, all of them were very good. So, uh, you know, hard to feel too upset about it. And we'll talk all about it before we do. Just to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone, is available on any number of streaming platforms. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. Save, like, and subscribe. Um, now, I guess we should begin with the, the NXT title match and then the, the show-closing angle that has a lot of people talking already. So, John, fatal five-way match. Karrion Cross, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, and Kyle O'Reilly. One out there, five of NXT's very best and brightest, or maybe the best and brightest in NXT. Um, you know, we talked about it last week uh, on the Go Home show, but, man, I, it was hard, you know, to think this match would underwhelm. I mean, you've got these really talented guys, and uh, like you mentioned, you know, you some some... Some feeling that I, I you hoped it was it'd be a, a packed crowd, but hey, they did they did kind of up the the attendance for the the uh, capital capital wrestling center here. Uh, but I, weirdly enough, I got I saw some comments that the, the crowd was kind of dead for this one. But the guys in there did not let that stop, and they went out there to uh, put on a great great match. Uh, and at any given point, it looked like any one of them could have won. And, uh, you know, even again, it was one of those matches where going into it, I had a feeling Karen Cross would win, but then there were some rumblings that maybe he'd get called up. Um, so then you had to wonder if someone else would win, but no, Cross in the end, he made uh Kyle Riley tap or he choked him out, and it was uh, um, it felt like Kyle Riley was right there. He had Adam Cole in the heel lock, and uh, Karen Cross just uh walked away in a very, very good match. John, what do you think of this one? This was a very good match, a very good, uh, just the way the show ended. Not only did it leave you with a very good match that could potentially be match of the year, it left you with uh, a very good cliffhanger that wants you to come back for more on Tuesday. There was way too many people here that had expectations that Cross was going to drop the belt. I was surprised by how many people were picking Adam Cole, Jordan Gargano, and just other superstars, because to me... There was no doubt who was going to win this match, and I was not caught off guard at all. Like this was completely expected for me. Uh, the way the show ended. Um, however, what I was worried about the most is that I wanted there to be some kind of angle to end the show, whether it be somebody coming out to confront Cross or whatever it could have been. And I'm happy we did get something after this match to end the show, which uh, even though it was definitely caught off guard for me. It's exactly what I wanted. I wanted something, not just a cliffhanger, but something that continue a story. And it, it appears they're going into the direction here of William Regal has lost control. Uh, there's Kai, there's so much going on, and it's it's almost like it's too much for him to handle, and, and he's done. And I've seen names floating on already. I'm sure we'll get into that a little more. I've already seen people commenting and things like that, so we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, like I, people commenting Samoa Joe, uh, one of my favorites, I've seen people commenting Daniel Bryan. That'd be that'd be a great fit, I think, as well. But before we get into that part, uh, the match itself was a very good match. Uh, they revisited a lot of stories, like Cole Gargano, Gargano O'Reilly, uh, Pete Dunne, and Karrion Cross were getting into it a lot. 
uh, a lot of comments that Cross doesn't have the chemistry with the other four that the other four have with each other. I think that's okay. Uh, I'm not sure they'll pick one specific guy out of this match to feud with Cross after. You almost feel like they have to. Like one of these four has to be next because, like, if you really sit down and dig deep and think, well, who could possibly be next? Uh, to me, if it's not somebody that would be completely out of right field, uh, this would have to be one of these four guys. But yeah. g- give us your thoughts on the match and then explain this angle that we saw after the match. I mean, for me, I, I, I mean, you kind of mentioned the chemistry aspect where people thought that uh, that Cross didn't have the chemistry with a lot of these guys where, you know, had the I mean, and I saw another tweet where someone said, you know, this match has a lot of great moments with four guys and none of them were carrying cross. So I was like, man, people are like being pretty harsh to carrying cross here. And I mean, I talk about it every week, but I, I really like carrying cross. Uh, obviously, the presentation's great. The character's great. Uh, we saw his his two matches with Finn Balor. They also, those were fantastic. And granted, you can always say, oh, you know, maybe the other guy made the, the other one look even better. But no, it takes two to tango. So Cross obviously can go in the ring. But I guess it is fair to say that a match like this, uh, there was probably the expectation that the four other guys would, I guess, quote unquote, outwork him. But for me, I mean, all, all four guys look good. I will say there were some stretches where Cross was kind of either like lying down and selling, or or was like down the outside for some stretches. And that you know that's fair. He may not have the the chemistry, or the, sorry, not the chemistry, the, the stamina necessary to go the way that the other four guys did. And that's fine. You're not you know when you have a big, beefy champion like that, that's just kind of the, the way it usually works, barring some you know notable exceptions. But and that's that's not a problem or a knock on Cross at all. So you know the fact that we had four guys going out there. You know, bell to bell, 100 miles an hour, you know, tearing down the house. I thought it was great. Um, and they had all those callbacks you mentioned with, uh, you know, Cole Gargano, that, their classic food. We had a very brief Unspeed Era reunion, or at least, you know, kind of collaboration where they, they double powerbomb cross there. Lots of fun stuff like that. Great, great, you know, match closing spot where, you know, again, O'Reilly right on the cusp of victory there, almost had out of Cole tap out. I thought they actually might go over that way, having uh, O'Reilly make Cole tap out like that. But then Cross kind of snuck up behind him, choked him out. So as for what's next, you know, yeah, I would, I would have to imagine it's one of these guys, you know, Adam Cole has a pretty, pretty darn valid excuse. Like, you know, he didn't, he didn't get the fall. You know, he, 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 he could easily say like Cross. Pretty much anybody, anybody but Kyle O'Reilly could probably give an argument about why yeah. they deserve another chance. So it, it appears to me that, uh, to me, it really comes down to between Adam Cole and Pete Dunn. I don't think Johnny Gargano is going to stay involved in this. So I think we're going to get either Adam Cole or Pete Dunn next in line. But I think one of the most interesting parts of this was obviously you all know after the match was over uh we get a random backstage interview which doesn't usually happen in the nfl show unless something big is going to happen and what i thought was going to happen because william regal was walking out the door i thought somebody was going to be standing out there like who knows who it could have been but we, we get outside and you know just kind of a question where give us your thoughts on the show and william regal says uh i've never seen this much basically saying there's so much drama and, and carnage going on that he can't control it. And then he leaves the show goes off air by him saying, you know, maybe, maybe it's time for a change and we can't definitively say what he means, but the implication was that he might be stepping down as general manager. This immediately sends social media into a frenzy. Uh, it appears that nobody likes that idea already. People do. People must love William Regal people or something. Love because, William Regal, man. People <laughs> love William Regal. People are sure. like, people are like, I don't care who it is. Nobody can replace William Regal. But seven years, seven but, years. But if, and we always like to play what if here. 
if, if, if that's the path they're going down, which clearly seems to be the case here, uh, and obviously they probably already have, you know, a name in mind internally backstage, or they could always go the path of having no GM at all, which I don't think NXT fits that mold very well. I think they need somebody in charge. Do you have any names that immediately pop out in your head to possibly be the next general manager? Well, just to go off a lot of the comments here, because it is kind of the elephant in the room. Everybody, it feels like, is saying Samoa Joe. You know, there was the, the rumor, at least, that he was spotted. That he was spotted at the Performance Center and that supposedly uh, NXT, the, the, the executive team there, whatever you want to phrase it, uh, that they might be interested in bringing Joe back if that's the case. It could be for this, but again, I have to imagine we talked. I think we've talked about it before, but you have to imagine that he that, wants to wrestle. That he wants yeah. to wrestle. That that's why you know. Yeah, he yeah he got released. It's not like he left of his own accord. But now with that freedom, you have to imagine that he'd want to wrestle. I don't see him coming back for a GM role. You know that could have been a lot more practical when he was you know re- recovering from his concussions and all and all those things before he left. Then, but then he joined the broadcast team. Now he's probably really mm-hmm. raring to go and and get back in the ring. So to me, that would make a lot of sense from his you know, from looking at it from his perspective. But I've seen I've know. seen three names being floated around a lot. One Samoa Joe. I think we've we've talked about that. Let's talk about the second name being floated around, which is interestingly enough, Shawn Michaels. People are thinking that Shawn Michaels could possibly be a GM role. He's already involved backstage with the show every week anyway. So, I mean, I think it, it could be a fit. But before I get before I get your thoughts on that, let's tie in the third name also, which is Daniel Bryan. Uh, he's been vocal about kind of wanting to step away from a full-time wrestling role. He's been a GM before. This is something that might be up his alley as well. Give us your thoughts on both the potential of Shawn Michaels and Daniel Bryan, and if you like either of those ideas. It's weird because, you know, both got like the the one of the reasons that William Eagle worked is that when he became general manager, he was pretty clear. I'm not all right. I'm gonna like this and be a little roundabout, but when, we, when William Eagle got the job, he was pretty clearly like non wrestler. You know, was there, uh, and it, it, like it, bec- yeah, yeah, he's a, a popular name. Like he has a, a, obviously a lot of experience. That, like everybody knows William Eagle, but he's not. He's not a strong Michael Zidane Bryan. He's not the kind of like I I worry. With those two, that in a way they like overshadow whatever's happening, um, you know, and on on, on the storyline. Like if it's when you have the, uh, you know, the whatever it might be a, a, a title announcement, or whatever you know that that you know it's like oh Shawn Michaels did this or oh Dana Bryan did that or let alone when they arrive. Like I like the idea and you know, like in terms of like yeah the star power would be a way to like give those guys something to do. I've always like kind of wanted to see Shawn Michaels do something on screen in that capacity. Uh, for me, I, I guess it has surprised me that he never got like a, a raw GM spot or, or whatever, or a SmackDown GM. Um, so, and because of his clear passion for NXT, the fact that he is there anyway, that would make sense. And I guess I'd, in a way, I'd worry about that, what, what I just said about overshadowing less for him than for Daniel Bryan. Because Daniel Bryan comes back in that role, then you're clearly wondering, oh, he might face Karen Cross. He might do this, that really thing in the ring. He's still, you know, even if he's transitioning to the part time role, it is a little different. I think. And- I don't, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think either one would be a good option. I guess my that would, especially with Dana Bryan, that would be my concern that like it would feel kind of temporary just so that he could probably wrestle again. I was yeah. just gonna say I, I don't want people to I don't want when you say overshadow, I don't want people to get the implication that whoever it may be has to wrestle or has to be involved in the ring. Because we've gotten to the point now where Adam Adam Pierce is basically the authority figure for Raw and SmackDown. Nobody has the expectation he's going to have a match. William Regal was the same way. 
But part of me feels like if Shawn Michaels steps into this role, there's always going to be that lingering thought where is he going to come back to the ring? Is he going to come back to the ring? I don't want that to happen here. But I can't think of an immediate name. And and I, and let me make it clear as well. I don't think that Triple H is going to be doing this. I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to be an on-screen authority figure. We've seen this before from him. Uh, but Shawn Michaels and Daniel Bryan probably do pop out as the top two that I think of, of, of the known names. Now, they could go out and you know, bring in somebody completely that we don't even know about, uh, and that could be interesting as well. But Samoa Joe, for people saying Samoa Joe, I, I can't see it. I, I just can't see it because I think he wants to be in the ring. Uh, Michael Kennedy says maybe a Ted DiBiase. If he's interested in being more on the show. I mean, I think his time is probably almost up after that he's done all this, but it's always nice to speculate. I'm sure we'll get to talk about this more on Tuesday, but we have four other matches that happened on the show tonight. Uh, I want to talk about the other uh, major championship match, which was the women's title match between Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Ember Moon tonight. Very interesting. Uh, there was the thought that maybe we'd get some drama at the end, end of that match as well. Uh, we kind of got that in the middle of the match as Shotzi Blackheart returned to kind of handle Dakota Kai. This was a very good match. Arguably, some people said this was the, the match of the night. Uh, what, what do you what do you think about this match? Uh, people said this was a lot of people said this was their favorite match. Uh, what do you think about the I match? I'm sorry. I thought it was a very good match, and, and I th- I think I saw someone right away when we started said it was their favorite match of the night. Nessa Kerr saying the ladies stole it for her. Um, and I definitely saw a lot of good feedback on this match. A lot of people were really pointing to this one as potential match of the night, if not like their, their contender for a match of the night. Um, I thought it was very good for me. I more looked at it from a, maybe the storyline perspective of like, this is the second challenger in a row or, or Carl Gonzalez beat them. It, it's a, an established name. Mercedes Martinez is different. It's more that veteran presence, but Ember Moon, while less of the, the veteran in the literal, you know, experience sense, Martinez had like 20 years of experience. Ember Moon is that established name, a former champion. And there was that kind of uh, compelling, you know, redemption story that we had talked about where she was returning from her injury, uh, had contemplated retirement. There was that, you know, a, a pretty easy, well, easy to tell story there. Um, I thought she looked great. I thought it was a pretty, pretty easy, you know, clash of like, you know, Gonzalez's power and Ember Moon's kind of high flying and more uh, unorthodox on, uh, offense in that sense. So I, I like that. I thought it was very, very well, well put a good, uh, a good match. Was, you know, start to finish in that sense. Bringing Shotzi, Mo- uh, Shotzi Blackheart, sorry, back in that sense was good to kind of help level the playing field. Now I wonder. Uh, we've we've heard that Gonzalez is interested in challenging for the tag titles again. Obviously, the the way currently have them. So unfortunately, uh, NXT still has kind of the, the same three tag teams in, in the women's division. So it feels like we might get we might be getting more of that. But for me, this was yet again another good way to have. Uh, Raquel kind of beat an established name and really kind of she, she doesn't need to keep like proving herself but it's good to keep build, building up these you know these you know it's like you know putting some on your resume it's another like put, you know another uh not notch on the belt you know just I, I thought that was pretty good for her and yeah I was very much thinking that we'd get probably a, a post-match angle with Dakota Kai or something and we didn't but I have to feel like that's kind of where we're going um sooner rather than later especially after this because uh, on, kind of unlike the NXT, the men's championship here, it's like, okay, kind of what's next for Raquel and kind of D- Dakota Kai kind of jumps off the page, maybe Shotzi for a, little, for a one-off, but I think maybe the next big program could be uh, uh, Dakota in that sense. What do you, what do you think, John? 
Uh, I think it's long overdue. I actually said that I, I a lot of people were hoping that was going to happen tonight, that she would turn, somebody would turn on somebody. We're, we're not clear who's going to turn on who yet. It just depends who they want to be the baby face and who they want to be the heel. Um, I think it's going to be interesting nevertheless. I mean, we can't forget, which I think is probably going to happen next. Io Shirai is back. I think she'll probably get a title match at uh, the Great American Bash on a, less than, yeah, less than a month from now. It's like four NXT shows away from now. Uh, so that, that I mean, that's going to be interesting. Um, Zia Lee has made her presence known as well. But I, 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 to me, this all depends on, on if Raquel is going to be treated as a face or a heel. It, all de- it just all depends because if she's going to be a heel, then, of course, you got Io Shirai. But if she's going to be a face, and then you have Xia Li. So there's a lot of X factors there. Uh, I just think that uh, Ember was kind of like a... I, I hate to use the term one and done, but I think she was just kind of that big name to give Raquel a, a further step into her career. And somebody that actually needs this opportunity. Make no mistake about it. Uh, I, in my opinion, Ember Moon is needed much more on the main roster than she is on NXT. Uh, it's a shame that the reports have indicated that she is happier in NXT. She doesn't like the the whole touring life and thing like that. But SmackDown and even Raw ne- needs her really, and I think that that would be perfect for her. And even Shotzi, I think at this point Shotzi could also move up too, and it'd be fine. But that brings in a, a curveball with the tag division that NXT has is on the path to forgetting about. But but. I do think um, we could see Xia uh, Lee teaming up with how do how do you pronounce um, Meng? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if if they wanted to go that route, that would be interesting as well. But they have the assets they need to make this happen. Uh, so I thought overall this was a good match. I was interested in it. Uh, the result was good. Uh, interestingly enough, if we're looking at one-on-one title matches. There was only one other one on the card tonight, which was a ladder match for the Million Dollar Championship. Uh, like like we thought, uh, when it comes to storyline, this was the best match as far as developing storyline on the night. But make no mistake about it, it was full of high spots and it was a very good match. Cameron Grimes took a pretty nasty fall at the end uh, off that ladder there. It looked like LA Knight had a little bit of trouble there grabbing the case at the end. He struggled for a couple seconds. He finally did get it. He won the match. I thought the right person won the match. This was 50-50 with social media on uh, if the right person won. I'm pretty sure I know what, what your thoughts are. I think you're on the same page as me with thinking the right person won. But there can be a case made for Cameron Grimes being the one to win. But I want to get your thoughts on uh, what the match itself and I assume you don't think this is over between these two. Yeah, or do gonna, you? Or do you? No. Okay. I'm going to uh, take that like the kind of three questions in one. First, LA Knight to the moon. I, John, I think I said on our first uh, NXT post show, I was like, push this man to the moon. He's so good. He's got the look, the charisma, the mic skills. Good in the ring. I like him a lot. Um, I think he's really got so much potential at the very least as a, you know, an NXT champion contender down the road, a little down the road, but man, I was very happy with this. Like I said, at the beginning of this show, uh, tonight, 
uh, I was I really wanted Karen Cross to win, and I really wanted LA Knight to win. And and you know there are a couple points where I was pretty convinced that Cameron Grimes would win, and I was I just kept thinking like, man, there's so much money to be made with LA Knight and potentially a Ted DiBiase pairing there. Now that LA Knight has the title, I think that's definitely a possibility. If DiBiase is sticking around, uh, your second question, if I think they're uh, done here, no, I think Grimes is going to be like, hey man, like I, I I want another shot, like you know they because I I don't necessarily see someone immediately stepping up and challenging for this title other than Grimes. Like, you know, this is what they've been fighting over. And I wouldn't really, it'd be, wouldn't make a lot of sense for me to be like, okay, I lost. That's it. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know you'd pretty clear would want another shot. Um, would be, I don't know if they can necessarily draw it out all the way to Green American Bash. They, I think they might be able to, um, but I, I would expect another one here. But as for the match itself, yeah, Grimes took a nasty fall there in the end. I, a lot of people were, were saying that uh, LA Knight had his, had his working boots on. He was bumping all match long. Took some, you know, some big bumps there uh, to really sell the, the you know, the, how both guys really won this win. Both guys really just went all out in this one. And yeah, it's not like it was necessarily a, a five-star match, but more, for, you know, like, like you said, John, from that storytelling perspective, this was really one of my matches of the night. And yeah, if, even from the in-ring, it was, uh, as Stephen Chambers saying, better than expected. It was a good match. Um, and yeah, Grimes definitely is the baby face in, in the situation. It's definitely not night. I'm Michael Kent saying the ladder match was good, and I would agree. You know, it, like I mean, it's, I say it every time I see a ladder match, these things are brutal. You're seeing like neck breakers on ladders, and the, the Cameron, Grimes, Cameron Grimes like fell off the ladder onto another one. Um, you know, these mat these ladder matches can be pretty rough. Uh, you know, and, and that's just kind of what the way that the wrestling business has evolved, especially in WWE. They like to bring out these ladder matches for. You know, because people, people, I've, Robert D. Fleece says on SmackDown show all the time, people love ladder matches because they are so like, you got the high spots and they're, they are like tough to watch sometimes, not in like a hardcore violence kind of sense, but like some of these bumps are, are pretty rough. But uh, yeah, man, I very, very happy that the LA Knight won. Uh, for me, just we, we talked about it for a couple of weeks now. He really needed this in, in a sense of this, this signature uh, win on it for his NXT run. And, you know, for Grimes, doesn't really need it in the sense that, like, you know, he's still got that very strong character. He's going to bounce back just fine. And I, I would expect another one, but uh, another match. Release. But, but what, what were your thoughts kind of on overall and going forward, whether or not they're done with it? Uh, I don't think they're done with it. I think Grimes will probably want to fight, fight for the title, you know, at least once or twice more and maybe a singles match or whatever. Uh, I just... Uh, there was a, a actually a news article posted today there on WrestleZone from me. Uh, an L- LA Knight had done an interview. Uh, actually, it wasn't an interview. He was a guest on The Bump this week. And he mentioned that he really took it as a personal goal to give more prestige to the Million Dollar Championship. He really wanted to bring it to a level where not just people wanted it, but people w- were interested in the program surrounding it. It hasn't really been worth anything in the past and he acknowledged that he wants to change that i think it'll be hard to do with so many champions on nxt but you certainly can't discredit him for trying yeah uh you know like a comment from luke goddess here says they need to figure out what they're doing with grimes because every push he sort of gets he ends up losing and then back to square one and we've talked about this before he has essentially been the r-truth version of nxt he doesn't win but he's he's relevant on the show, and he right. was a, he was a heel R Truth before that has now turned into basically a carbon copy of R Truth now that he's a babyface. So uh, I I do agree in a sense that he does need to eventually win. I think he will. Kushida did eventually win. Candice LeRae eventually won. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. 
I, I certainly hope that he is still featured on the show in a big part of it because if LA Knight, I, I don't want LA Knight to just over time, like retire this belt on his own and move on to something else. And they just forget about this at least somehow in a storyline, make it interesting. And that's what I hope they do. Yeah. And uh, I do want to note this comment from DJ Cassier in the comments. So we did not see Ted Biasi interfere. He didn't sway the outcome. He was sitting at ringside. He was watching. Uh, sometimes the, he was at, like by the broadcast level. So sometimes uh, Grimes and Knight would kind of come over and fight by him. But it didn't intervene. Didn't even really show any like, you know, any bias of like, oh, he was clearly rooting for either one to win. And then after the match, once Knight won, he he gave him the title. But that's what you would that's that's what it was there to do. Is like he, it was there to present the title to the winner. So now I just said I don't know if they could draw it out to the Great American Bash next month. But maybe if we do, if if DiBiase is sticking around, maybe he does side one of these guys and then add a little a little more length to this, at least between these two. But uh, you were just saying not not wanting Cameron Grimes to kind of get lost in the shuffle or you know to not have an important role in the show. But in a, in a way, I guess one, one, one of two ways here. I'm trying to show Nando saying Grimes would be a good comedy wrestler on the main roster, like annoying some of the heels like Corbin or Rude or Ziggler. Uh, and that, and when you, I think there, you just compared it to our truth. There is something to be said for that, whether it's on X2 or the main roster, where because, and I said it, you know, yeah, when we were just talking about the, the match itself, you know, the outcome here, yeah, Grimes lost. And yet there's definitely some truth to the fact that a lot of his pushes are if not stop start that he does kind of just end up losing like his, his program with Dexter Loomis last year, you know, that kind of set him back to square one once he lost that. Uh, but for this one, you know, he, he does have that strong character work. So there's definitely a role from NXT. And I think I remember triple H was talking on the, the media call before the pay-per-view on, uh, I think it was Thursday. And he was saying about the v- vignettes, what they, they, they did with DiBiase and stuff. Like he seemed at least like pretty high on, on how those turned out. So, you know, and obviously the, those vignettes are for Cameron Grimes. So I would imagine that the work that he's been doing as a character standpoint, you know, they will want to have him on the show in some feature capacity. So I'm not too worried about that. But hopefully, yeah, that, that they don't. They, I hope they don't just drop this and that they do some do find something good for him beyond this. But so know. let's talk about the other championship match on the card, which was two titles up for grabs at the same time. It opened the show. It was a very good match. I thought uh, some very high spots throughout the entire match. Uh, obviously, they retain the titles MSK and Bronson Reed over Legado del Fantasma. Break it down. What are your thoughts, man? Legado del Fantasma. All they're all so good. I I really think so highly of Santos Escobar. I I tweeted it. I think I think just just when he came to the ring, I was like, if this man doesn't become the NXT champion, then something has gone seriously wrong. You know, at the very least, or I, I you only get 140 characters in a tweet. But I meant, or unless he does so well that he gets, you know, they jumps the line, just goes right to the main roster. Like he needs, like he needs, he needs a good run here, whether it's in, in NXT or the main roster, because he's just. I mean, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I think he could be everything that they they failed to to capitalize on with Andrade. He's got the in ring, the in ring skill, the presence, the charisma, the look, everything. You know, I just. I really I, I enjoy watching him work. I enjoy this this stable with Legato he's got going here. Um, I could watch MSK and uh, Legato fight all day. I think there's two both teams are great. We've talked about it before, but they're really doing good work for the tag division. Is kind of building up this the sense of the, the points of the tag titles. Can we talk about Bronson Reed just you know pancaking Escobar through the barricade? Where he one upped his previous squash against, against the barricade. This time went through the barricade, totally destroyed the man. But that was a fun spot at the end, and then that was kind of the 
you know, the icing on the cake. So then Reed squashed uh, one of the remaining nerves of Legato for the win. Um, yeah, man, it was, this is a good introduction to the show. Um, you know, pretty solid start there. I mean, yeah, and we're seeing some comments that was predictable. And I would agree. I did not expect the champions to lose when you have a win and take all yeah. match. We talked about this um, on the go home show, but yeah, you wouldn't expect like, let's say, I don't know, one of Legato pinned MSK, then Reed will lose his title. Like that wouldn't be really logical or necessarily good from a storyline perspective. So yeah, it, it might've been predictable, but I liked it. Um, and I, I, I would hope maybe we're kind of moving on from this or unless we get an Escobar and Reed title match. But uh, while I just said I, I could watch MSK and we got to fight all day, I'd want to see maybe them defend against Grizzly Young Veterans again or uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. So, you know, shake it up a little bit in that sense. But uh, yeah, I like this a lot and big fan of Legato. And, and I hope that, you know, kind of like in the, in the same sense as Grimes, I hope this loss doesn't really set them back too much because I think they're very, very, very talented. But what what do you think of this one? Oh, I thought it was a very good match. Uh, the way that the chemistry, they, they, they made it so like most of the match, they were actually wrestling who they would have actually wrestled if it were a one-on-one match. So they kind of integrated two matches into one match. It flowed together pretty nicely. But the it's hard to mess up with this group of people in the ring together. And I thought that it was okay. I mean, when I say okay, I don't. I'm not just saying it was average. I mean, it was a very good match. But uh, story-wise, I don't see where how we break this up moving forward, because I honestly think we're going to get a one-on-one match and a two-on-two match between these guys, like we would have, like we would have gotten. And I think tonight was just kind of to get them on the card moving forward. Uh, and I just, I just think that moving forward. They don't need to do this. They could have saved it for NXT and did a two-on-two match and a one-on-one match, or they could have just done one of the matches tonight. You don't have to try to squeeze everybody into the card like they did tonight, um, which which leads into what I was going to say next. Uh, the fifth match on the card, which to me was like, it didn't make sense to me because the Zaylee and Mercedes Martinez had a match, and they really haven't had too many, you know, face-to-face confrontations in the past couple weeks on NXT. It kind of felt like they just kind of put it in the show. It was a pretty good match. Uh, they made it so nobody looked weak. Even though Zia Lee won, they made Mercedes Martinez look very strong at the end. But then I, I need your help explaining something because I think that I'm like, I might be losing here because like... <laughs> Who is this person that has like? Are we supposed to know who this person is? Like, is this a legit mystery? Like, who is this? Tian like, Shaw? Or no, sorry, um, May Ying was the yeah, one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So is I, this? Go ahead. I, I had to look it up too because, like, I heard I I wasn't sure. Like, I did some research. Like, yeah, we've been covering NXT, but like, she has kind of been this background figure, and she's there. I looked it up, and yeah, she. This is May Ying. We do know that's who that is. And Tian Shaw, I learned today, <laughs> is the stable of of um, May Ying and Zaylee and Boa. So who is that? I don't know who that is. Like, am I missing something? I think Karen Q is uh, May Ying, uh, kind of re 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 packaged for like a better word uh, um, okay. very highly highly talented performer and you know getting this you know this big character push here um i don't know man like for me it doesn't matter uh, no all right this is gonna sound bad it doesn't matter who she is literally but like having her come out there the, that that great star presence she's like sitting on the throne and that there's smoke and there's like you know lights and stuff and you know it looked good 
and then I'm, you know, um, Zali won the match. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree that to me, yeah, the, it was kind of, if not thrown together, not necessarily one of like a, this very, very built up program. But I did like the aspect that, you know, this was Zali trying to avenge your loss in the May Young Classic four years ago. And I, I may have joked about it this past Tuesday, kind of like a, the, the Bray Wyatt revenge toy where like wanting to right the wrongs from your, your losses in the past. Like, I, I mean, that's a, I like, always like that story. And it worked here. She got the win. Um, she's really doing great with this character. To me, I, at least in a general sense, I hadn't been very familiar with Zia Lee. So I see her tonight. Cool entrance. Good match. Get good, you know, good win over an established veteran. You know, we're just talking about the women's title or in the show. So maybe you build her up a little more. And then, yeah, even though uh, Gonzalez is a heel right now, for me, I, ideal path forward, maybe we get a little more heel Gonzalez. Maybe she uh, faces Blackheart. Then maybe Kai turns on her, draw it out a little bit. And all the while you build up, uh, <laughs> slightly, boom, there you go. Maybe by, I don't know, August or, or September, then she might be perfectly ready for that. I don't know. I, I like this. I, yeah, it wasn't necessarily, I, I, obviously, the main event title match. Very, very excited for it. The lad match, very, very excited for it. For this one, I'm like, I was just kind of interested in the story, and I was like hoping that Zaylee would really prove, or not prove, but like really show, I, I guess, capitalize on that spot. And I think she did. I think she did a great job tonight. They put on a good match as well. Um, so yeah, you know, when you have a match with, you know, or sorry, a card with five matches, they're not all going to be like, you know, out of this world or like. Sure. You know, Sure, and 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 thank you for clarifying because you, pro you provided a good answer there. Uh, we still are lingering on trying to figure out um, this whole hit row thing and what's the the thing about them. Of course, they were on the show tonight as well. Uh, it started out when they were promoting gear, and then hit row shows up, and uh, I don't know, Colin. What do you think? I uh, mean them them being a feature on the show, and then. Uh, not just them having a cameo, but we also, of course, we also got Dexter Loomis tonight, too, playing Rock'em Sock'em there. Uh, then just walking away there, that was a little... It, was there a meaning behind that? I mean, ex explain that there. I forgot the exact line, but it was Todd Pettengill. I think they're playing... I'm going to blank on the name. It was some. It was essentially Rock'em Sock'em or whatever. Yeah. And Todd said something... It was Karate Fighters. Thank you, Luke. Sorry, it was Karate Fighters. But... Um, I think Todd Pettengill had said something like, "Oh, you and you'd know something about lady troubles or or something." <laughs> very, very clearly, like making fun of his problems with Indy, and then Dexter got mad and walked away. That was all, um, fine, harmless enough. And then for for Hit Row, yeah, like they have this kind of merch uh, segment, I guess. With what was that? Was that was Doc Hendricks? That or was that Todd too? Either uh, one. The, the, that another, was. Like, I think that was taught as well but I'm so another sure. another nostalgia segment and then for the, yeah. for the merch as well um fine you know for it, me it was yeah. nice to keep them in the show again tonight but to me it's almost like that they didn't have to do like they didn't have to squeeze so much in like uh, the indie and dexter thing like okay i get it like but on tuesday like dexter is like salty it, it's like they're they're it's like this sounds crazy, but it's like they're 50-50 booking with these two because one week this guy likes her and she doesn't like him. And then the next week she likes him and he doesn't like her. So it's like, is it possible to 50-50 book with a promo? Because like that's what they're doing, I think. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, I saw someone, um, 
I forget for who it was. I, I think Nikki Cross maybe even like shared the tweet or something. And, and someone had like zoomed up on the picture of Dexter hugging Poppy. And like, yeah, it, it was Beth Phoenix. Her. It was Beth Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so this investigation, like, oh no, like, you know, it's all, it's all good. Um, I, for me, like, I, I, I like, I like that one more, at least than it kind of like propelled the, if not, at least it, it kept the storyline going, at least so it, so it, like, it reminded They will you. never be together ever. John, you're breaking my heart, man. They will like, never they be, gotta together. be together. They gotta be together. No. I, I, I need this no merch, happen. no merch coming, nothing. I'm hey, sorry. Hit Row Records can already get can get a t-shirt. I've got to believe the index. Well, man. we're still trying to figure out what 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 the big deal is here. Like what what we're gonna talk oh, about this more on Tuesday, I'm oh, sure. And I, I I I rubbed people the wrong way. I understand. I love this comment from Nando. He's saying, John, to be fair, sometimes dating can feel like 50 50 fucking. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, comment of the night. But right is there. it really true love? Like, is it really true love if they keep doing this back and forth? I mean, come on. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at, at what Nando said. He has like man, dating is uh, a kid, like, I'm sure I, in 48 hours we're gonna be talking about this again, and somebody's gonna do something that somebody doesn't like, and it's gonna drag on for another week. Like Nesha Kirsch says right here, if they're going to be together. Let them be together already. Do we have to wait every week? Like, I mean, clearly we know what's happening at the end of this, right? I mean, we know that eventually they're probably going to be together. All right, John, here's here's my pitch. All right. Great American Bash, July 6th. Granted, we, we got some comments to be better if it were on the Sunday, July 4th. Like, this, we got this takeover on a Sunday. But hear me out, all right? Great American Bash. Classically, you know, July fourth, I guess the the same week. Obviously, you do you have fireworks for for the Great American Bash, and you, oh, get, fire, you no. get fireworks with a storyline when they kiss for the first time. Boom, magic. Boom. You know what? You know what would be even better? You know what would be even better is like your your scenario is playing out. They're about <laughs> they're 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 about to go in for the kiss, and Indy slaps him in the face and walks away, and Johnny Gargano comes up right behind and pounds him. And that's it. I'm gonna, there we go. I, w- I wasn't going to do it to you, but Ridden Fierro said it best. John, I guess you I knew. I saw it. I saw it. You're trying to keep these people apart, man. And I, mm, I need this to happen. And well, I, I, let's, let's talk about the overall show tonight. And from a scale of 0 to 10, what do you think? <sighs> My first instinct was like an 8.6. And that feels both a little too high and a little too low. Because I really like this show. I mean, all the matches were good. Uh, like I said, even, you know, <laughs> five matches, even the one that was supposedly not the weakest, but the least really, like, hyped up, the Mercedes martinez Zaylee match, I like that a lot. The, and obviously the main event, great. And then uh, glad I match like that a lot. So I'm, I'm, I'll stick with an 8.6. I'll, I'll, I'll roll by that. How about, how about you? There's, I'm getting a lot of flack here from various people. I get, I get, I get Luke saying that I want them to recreate Edge and Lita. I get, uh, I get Michael Kent saying I want Lily. I get Nesha Kirsch saying I'm a hater, and I get DJ Cassier saying that I want Indy to myself because I don't want Dexter to have her. So we're getting, we're getting a little bit of everything tonight here, and we're gonna find out what they do on Tuesday because I'm gonna get to my writing in a minute. But what I'm saying is, building off of tonight. 
there are a lot of cliffhangers and a lot of good reasons why you want to watch on Tuesday. We have the Dexter Indy thing. We have the Hit Row thing. We have the William Regal thing. We have the Carrying Cross thing for our next Challenger thing. That's four right there that we're going to... And, and of course, LA Knight is going to have some, something to say also. So I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I think the show tonight, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Uh, I thought it was a very good pay-per-view, but... Um, to me, what makes them have a really good rating is when it's not the main events always deliver on these shows, but when you have the, the what I call the mid card matches need to deliver too. And to me, the the Zylee Mercedes Martinez match didn't really give me the vibe of a four or five star match. The rest of them were, were very good. Opening match very good. Uh, the ladder match was very good. Women's match I thought was okay. But for some reason, I just think a lot of more people gave it more credit than I personally would have. But I'm not saying it wasn't good because it was. The main event, uh, I've seen people saying that it could possibly be match of the year so far. Uh, uh, right now, as we all know, Triple H is doing his uh, post-show media call. Uh, I've been just keeping my eyes out on Twitter. And Triple H himself also said that he thought this was probably NXT's match of the year thus far as well. But though he probably says at the end of every takeover that their main event was match of the year. I do want to point out this comment that we just got. The crowd was a three. The crowd was horrible. For having 300 people in the show, maybe they were just salty. They had to be transported from Full Sail University and had to wait in the rain to get into the show. Uh, I saw a lot of people commenting, how do I get tickets to that? It appears that it's a combination of invitation only and if you've been to NXT shows before at Full Sail, right. you got an email asking if you were interested in coming. And even though they said that the, the distancing protocols and everything would be laxed, I still saw a lot of masking and, and stuff like that. But the crowd was definitely not good tonight. I don't know what was going on. And I saw people commenting saying that they were told to be dead. Oh, come on. Give me a break. The crowd is not told to be dead. Uh, no, I think no. that I think that they they desperately need to get their takeover in August. And when I say on the road, I saw rumors that it might just be in Orlando. I don't care where it's at, but you need to have it in an arena where you can have a crowd and have it give it a look and feel of, a, of a, an old school takeover. Right. Uh, we got to address the comment from James here before we leave. Tonight's NXT takeover was like enjoying a breakfast after pulling a long graveyard shift. Um, I love it. Keep it coming, Mando. You're the best. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. and what one final comment I want to point out is Herman saying the crowd were on their phones most of the show. I did see that. A lot of the crowd looked like they were like almost like like watching the show through their phone as they were recording it. That's just the nature of the beast nowadays. We're gonna see that a lot when we get back into the stands in July here. People are, are excited to be out. Yeah. We're gonna be taking pictures and recording the whole show. That's just how it is. So very good matches. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to be talking here with you guys the next two nights in a row. And I don't think it's going to get any better than it did tonight. So yeah. cherish the show we got tonight because I don't think Raw tomorrow is going to uh, beat the show. I mean, I hate to say it, uh, but for, yeah, for me, I'm watching, I'm watching this show. I had a smile on my face the majority of the time. The matches are good. I was happy with the outcomes. Uh, how they you know handled the, how they booked the they how they booked those outcomes uh so yeah for me this is yeah this is a peak you know this is a good show good matches and i was happy with it 
probably not gonna be saying that tomorrow but that's okay but uh, to wrap up here uh some more comments for ratings herman car with a nine uh kevin taylor with an 8.3 nestor chris with an eight eight seems to be kind of the, the general range here somewhere in the eight range and we john we both fell one in that range so it makes sense to me michael, michael kent with an eight and stephen chambers with an eight as well so no this was a good show and i will say we did not see anything about diamond mine tonight so i wonder if that'll be uh Coming up, people, maybe, maybe they'll draw it out to the Great American Bash to like kind of give that show something. That and people were uh, speculating that maybe it would have something to do with William Regal stepping down, but I don't see that happening because I don't think they would have advertised it way in advance and then have it now just be like, "Oh, this was about William Regal." It just wouldn't make sense to me to do it that way. Uh, oh, but I forgot. Michael Covington says tomorrow is Evolution, so maybe Raw will be a ten out of ten with Evolution tomorrow excited to talk about that with you all so uh, i'm sure we'll have some thoughts on that i'm sure we will so we'll be we'll be <laughs> back here uh tomorrow monday night for the monday night raw post show john and i obviously do the nxc post show uh every week on tuesday night when there's not a takeover and then the the dynamite dudes of attitude cover all things AEW, and they also do wcw rewritten for fun, fun fantasy booking stuff and the robert D, robert d fleece and i have been pushed to saturdays because aw is on fridays <laughs> at least for the time being so there's that and also, also a great a great stream of interviews constantly coming to you guys whether it's uh, bill Pritchard, bill pritchard interviewing sean spears fred rosser eric Rowan. Uh, I'm more than I can even think to name right now. Uh, I interviewed I interviewed Ring of Honor star Joss Woods earlier this week. So make sure to check check that out. All these things and more available on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So, people, good show tonight. You know this is what you live for as a wrestling fan. You have a, you have a good show. You have, you have these good matches, and you can just kind of escape all of the stuff about you know for being frustrated with WWE and all these things. Just enjoying this good show because that's what we do here at Velsa's Own, John. What do we do above everything else, no matter what? Uh, besides enjoy wrestling, apparently also break hearts, according to James Esponso <laughs> Fernando. But uh, yeah, we, we enjoy wrestling and have a blast. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.